Hello and welcome to episode number 125 of There Are Giants podcast. Uh, following a short break while I was out at, at spring training, uh, we're back into the regular podcast and I'm very happy to uh, have my friend Renzi Regadone on today. We're going to dig into the opening season rosters for all the affiliates. Uh, Renzi, of course, writes great uh, Giants prospect content uh, at, um, at Giants Baseball Insider on some of his own Patreon stuff all over the place on Twitter. You can see all of his his great work. Renzi, how are things? How are things on the other side of the world? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's nice to be back in your podcast. It's episode one, two, five, as you said, century and a quarter. Who would have thought? <laughs> and I'm excited to the year 2023 and watch more Giants prospects. Hopefully, you know, the next, the next great giants will eventually come up and bring another title to the Bay Area. Yeah, it's really been fun to get back on the field and watch guys playing and start talking to guys again. I was in, in Richmond yesterday, so I get to see uh, that team arrive. I've been in uh, spring training for a couple of weeks. Uh, it is really, really nice to be on the field again, and, and you always feel great and optimistic uh, when seasons get going. We've had a few games from Sacramento uh san jose is starting tonight uh so everything's starting starting up again um have you have you enjoyed watching the watching the game so far oh yeah definitely i mean i managed to i managed to catch up on sacramento games i i missed the cal harrison start because i have i still have work i am i am on a like five day break so it's nice to you know catch up and actually watch the games live it's opening it's the opening week of the lower the lower minors so i'm very excited to watch and see how the prospects have progressed over the winter you know yeah absolutely there's always lots of changes that happen when guys uh show up new for the year a lot of a lot of players spent the entire winter uh at Papago park this year working with the giants instructor so Hopefully we'll see a lot of positive momentum from guys. Uh, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna just dive into all four rosters and kind of go one at a time before we before we start looking at the individual rosters. I don't know. Are there any things that jumped out at you um, uh, as the rosters came out, or were there big surprises to you? Were there uh, things you were looking for that didn't happen? What were your sort of big takeaways when you when you saw the various affiliate rosters this year? Like honestly, I when I saw the rosters, I. It, it was pretty much as planned or as expected. But, I mean, I hope that Wizenhunt will be assigned to Eugene as, you know, he's advanced enough to be assigned there already, but he's still in San Jose. So, I mean, the Giants are notoriously conservative on assigning pitching prospects early. So, you know, it was a wishful thinking, but oh well. And, but... But it was exciting to see Wade Meckler. I mean, last year there was only one prospect who made it to Eugene that was drafted a year prior. That's Brett Stanley. This year it's Wade Meckler. So it's it's, it's something, something. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised to see Meckler move up there. I mean, the, the Giants do talk a lot about wanting – their prospects to touch every level. Um, a, a, you know, the old regime, they the college guys would jump up to San Jose uh, from short season ball pretty routinely and jump over low A. Now short season doesn't exist, and they seem to really want to get guys into low A as just a way to get them comfortable with baseball. And 
I, you know, and I think in Wizenhunt's case too, the fact that the weather tends to be pretty bad in Eugene uh, at the start of the year, that might have factored into it. You know, let him get some innings under his under his belt without having to worry about snow and rain um, for a month or so. And I won't be surprised if he, if he moves up quickly. Um, I tend to agree with you that, that there wasn't much that was surprising. Um, I guess there were, there were things that maybe would have been surprising last fall, like Louis Matos getting pushed up to double a Casey Schmidt to triple a, that might have surprised me if you went back to last September, but given the messaging we've been hearing about of, uh, you know, Farhan Zaidi over the winter, uh, it was pretty obvious that those guys were going to move up. Um, I don't know. Were there any sort of either either push assignments or repeat assignments that did take you by surprise? Mm, honestly, in terms of the pushes, I was I was pretty caught off guard by Matt Pikulski. Uh, uh-huh. getting promoted to Eugene, even though he has such a subpar 2022 season in San Jose. I guess it was a byproduct of the heavy 2022 pitching class that was going to San Jose this year. So I guess there was no choice but to push Mikulski up. But I mean, he's still a nice lefty option for Eugene. So, I mean, value is value. I mean, I'm st- I'm also surprised by... You know, Fitzgerald repeating Richmond. I generally hope, or it was my wishful thinking, that he will be in Sacramento right now. But unfortunately, still in Richmond. But we know that Luciano is still injured. So Fitzgerald will get a lot of time playing shortstop until until Luciano gets back on track in Richmond, where he will hopefully play shortstop. I mean was going to be such a conundrum for this club for uh assigning players their positions <laughs> yeah yeah i you know i think uh, i and i was hoping Fitzgerald would get to triple a although they do have a lot of infielders on that uh, sacramento roster um but i do think that you can look at like Fitzgerald Louis Toribio Alexander Suarez you can look at those guys and say they they did some things really well last year and, uh, you know, maybe in past years they might've gotten the push up, but all of them could obviously improve on, you know, the strikeouts and the batting average. And I think that was maybe the challenge to those three guys is, you know, do the things, you know, build on the things you did well last year, but start bringing that batting average up, start having more kind of all around hitting uh, before you go to the next level. Um, and, and all three of them were also sort of, they were just roster situations like Suarez there's like five outfielders on the Eugene roster so that was going to be hard to get playing time there's a lot of middle infielders in Sacramento so getting Fitzgerald in there um, might have been a little difficult uh, but I think all three of those that, that that was sort of the message you guys should uh, you know oh yeah definitely make, make mean, it more well-rounded yeah yeah I mean Suarez like they're only like I don't know like there's only there's only him playing center field in San Jose and when and he once he gets promoted, there will be no centerfields in San Jose since Hilson is injured. So, I mean, it makes sense for Suarez to stay in San Jose for now. But the progress that he's that the progress that he's made since the end of last year to to you know this uh, this winter is very fascinating to me. 
I guess the two guys who did surprise me, not it that they're repeating, but they were actually sort of sent down from where they ended last year are two pitchers in the the Richmond bullpen, Michael Streifeller and then Randy Rodriguez, uh, who are both going to start in Richmond. And Randy was rushed up yeah, through, yeah, yeah. through Richmond pretty fast last year. And I think maybe that had something to do with the, the health stuff that had him on the IL at the end of the year. Uh, but seeing both those guys come back to Richmond took me a little by surprise. And then I guess I should mention the one really big surprise for me uh, is Jose Ramos jumping up from the DSL to to full season ball, which is very, very seldom done. And I know a lot of injuries kind of played into that. Uh, Justin Bench isn't available. Anthony Rodriguez got hurt at the end of camp. Um, but it still is pretty remarkable that they 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 think that this kid is is ready to take on full silly season challenge. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, what did you think about Jose Ramos when you see the when you see him in Arizona? I, he he had a great camp. Uh, he every time I saw him at plate, he was getting a hit. Uh, I, I kind of described him at one point as, a, as an infield version of Ismail Munguia. He, uh, I, I should say Ishmael Munguia. Cause I, I, I met him yesterday and I had that uh, corrected Ishmael Munguia. He plays really, really hard. He plays like his hair is on fire. Uh, the coaches all really love him. His teammates love him. Um, he's just constant go, go, go. And he puts his bat on the ball all the time. Uh, he's a little guy. He's undersized. He doesn't have huge strength, uh, but there is a lot to like about his game. And as camp went on, I was like, gee, I think this guy might maybe make it. And then when Rodriguez got hurt, I'm like, yeah, Ramos is going to be the starting shortstop in San Jose this year. That's a huge challenge for him. Um, but uh, but I am really excited tall to see how he indeed, does. Man. Yeah, tall task. <laughs> Very tall <laughs> task. Going <laughs> Skipping Arizona altogether. Well, we've we've mentioned a couple of times. There's a lot of people who didn't show up uh, on rosters. There's a lot of people in extended working in various uh, forms of rehab, uh, which probably came as a surprise to some folks. Uh, it didn't come as a surprise to me because I was out there and sort of seeing what was going on. And a uh, quick plug for my site: if you're there, a Giants reader, it didn't come as a surprise to you either. Uh, but they have a huge group in extended who are rehabbing uh, injuries. Um, of of all the people who are out there, who are you most bummed <laughs> to not see on a on a starting roster? And obviously, we're talking Luciano, we're talking Von Brown, Jairo Pomares, PJ Hilson, uh, Landon Roop, Will Bednar, Reggie Crawford. Uh, it's a lot of guys uh, who who are still out there uh, trying to get healthy. Who are you most bummed to 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 see not make opening day? Yeah, it's definitely a cast of names. <laughs> a lot of injured prospects early on in the season. It's definitely not really good. <laughs> but honestly, I'm pretty bummed about Trevor McDonald still getting injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talk, I actually talked to him like a week ago or some, sometime, sometime last month about you know where where he thinks he will he will be assigned. How is his progress over the winter? And I was actually surprised that his injury was relatively minor, but he was still undergoing rehab. And hopefully, he will get there. He will get in Eugene soon because he would. He assumed that he will be in Eugene. He ended the last season in Eugene, so presumably he will be in Eugene. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited, pretty disappointed that McDonald will start the season on rehab. And yeah, Rube. Luciano, Brown, a lot of prospects that will still miss the season. 
and Spencer Miles, honestly, because yeah, he was getting talked. He was getting talked a lot by the front office, but he they really really like him, and to have him start on start on the season in Arizona is pretty pretty disappointing start. But I mean, there's still a lot of time. Yeah, I, I in a way I think that's connected to um the the decision to push Mikulski up to Eugene is there there are a lot of guys who might have made sense on that staff who are are rehabbing right now. McDonald is is one, Bednar's obviously one, Connor Nurse isn't back yet, uh, although I did see him throwing bullpens. Uh Seth Corey obviously has a ways to go. So uh that's the staff that sort of is most missing pieces. And then you have the guys who already moved through there quickly, like Mason Black and Landon Roop. So uh, they, they kind of are more filling the pitching staff than trying to find room for everybody. Like some of the other people, I I guess I'm most bummed about Von Brown uh, because he was just such Mm. an exciting uh, part of last year. And, you know, I wrote when I was writing about him in my top 50, that, there may not be anybody in the system who has more of what the big league team needs right now than Von Brown uh, and just an incredible athlete brings a huge amount of dynamism and speed and just excitement uh, to the field. You kind of can't peel your eyes off him when he's on the field. Uh, and so I was hoping that, you know, he could jump back in and, and pick up where he left off and and maybe move quickly. Um, that's, that that's not going to be the case now. He, he, I, I, would imagine he's not on a field before May would be my guess from, from where uh, the progression seems to be for him. He's behind Luciano. I think Luciano will get there maybe before the month's out, uh, but Brown's going to be behind him. Uh, and I, I just can't wait to see him back on a field. Yeah. But we have to remember that the the Giants coaching staff are pretty conservative in terms of their rehab. They will, they will usually extend uh, what a usual rehab period is. So, I mean, we we probably we can probably formulate our the timelines that we have on Luciano Brown, but they will likely be longer. I'm yeah. also pretty bummed out that Sean Robbie is also yeah. out. He's going to be a big was going to be a big part of Richmond or Sacramento lineup, but they will definitely miss his bat. Like his power is definitely going to be missed at the start of the season. Yeah, and I, I talked to Sean a few times this spring, and his is kind of a, a frustratingly persistent one that the uh, uh, it's frustrated him over the winter. But um, uh, he thinks he's going to be kind of getting into you know game progressions later this month. He's 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 a longer term thing too, probably more like May. Um, you know, they are conservative. I, I talked to Kyle Haynes about that. And he's like, it's not, it's it's no use for me to send you know Luciano. To, to Richmond or, you know, whoever it is until they're ready to play every day. We don't want to send a guy to someplace where he only could play three games a week, or he can only play, you know, in the field, you know, one game out of two. And, you know, I, I totally get that. They want the guy when he goes to the affiliate to stay there basically and not have to turn around and come back. Uh, Cause something went wrong uh, in the re-entry. So I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, I mean, the Papago Complex has some of the best, like state of the art equipment, yeah, training. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if there's a place where they will be, you know, ready to go, it's definitely in Papago. Then, when they're really, really, really healthy, then that's then they will get assigned. Absolutely, yeah. And as I say, you want them to 
stay healthy, not just get healthy. All right. Well, let's let's dive into these one on my one. We'll start at the top. Let's start with Sacramento, who's already going. Um, as you look at that roster, uh, you know, obviously the the big names are the people we're excited to watch. But some of us have our own personal people. But, you know, what are you really excited about on this roster? Uh, who do you think is going to have, you know, big years? Um, and, and why don't you pick a one, like under the radar, small player on, on the roster who you think is going to be, you know, set up for success this year. You know, I'm actually pretty excited about Sacramento, well, about actually watching Sacramento because for the past few seasons I've been, yeah, I've been more on watching San Jose, Eugene, Richmond, not really paying much to Sacramento because in the lower levels, that's where the meat of the prospects are. As but right now, as they move through the ladder, a lot of the top prospects are are actually going to Sacramento. Now. So you know, there's like the usual names: Kyle Harrison, Casey Schmidt, Elliot Ramos, Keaton Wynn. I'm actually pretty surprised he get assigned in Sacramento. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there are a lot of pitchers and. Will Wilson also, I'm pretty shocked that he gets assigned, but you know, there's a lot of infielders in Richmond, so bench so understandably he gets pushed up. But you know, I'm actually pretty excited about uh Ricardo Hinoves, you know. Uh-huh. What he can what he can do in Sacramento. Yeah, it's it's his actually since like second year in Sacramento, so he he will be much more familiar with the players, with the environment, with the expectations that was set that was you know given it in a triple A setting. So I'm pretty excited of what he can do, and he's already doing some good things in both sides of the ball in Sacramento. So you know, even though he's you know always been like a fringy thirty ish, top thirty ish, top forty ish prospect, he was he can still get you know. He still get under talked upon because there's a lot of catchers in the system right now. I mean, not quality, but quantity. So Henovis <laughs> will be, you know, <laughs> so Henovis will be, you know, somewhere in the mix because he's an older catcher. So you know, excited to see what he can do throughout this season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look at. I I totally agree with what you, your point. The Sacramento team has been pretty for a kind of fringe of you know the 39th and 40th guy of the 40-man roster a lot last year a lot of guys picked up on waivers went through there and now it really is one of the one of the more exciting teams um i'm really excited to watch how kyle harrison it does there i mean i'm holding my breath a little because the pcl is so hard on pitchers uh but to see him go out there the other day and and get like almost 50 percent whiff rate on the fastball in the strike zone um boy that that pitch plays so well um, so I'm really yeah. excited to see what he does. Um, I'm, yeah, excited I'm really to excited to, you know, dive deep on Harrison's data when, when, you know, there's more pitches to come, but yeah, I'm excited for Harrison. Uh, I, th- I think Brett Wisely is going to have a big year. I mean, this is, he's mm, basically yeah. the same place as Casey Schmidt. He got to AAA last year, but he didn't, he only played a few games there. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked to some people from Tampa Bay system who were really high on him. And it's just that, you know, Tampa Bay has such a glut of middle infielders right now that they there was no playing time coming for him. So they just couldn't fit him onto the roster. Uh, but, I you know, I talked to a guy who said, you know, Brett Wisely could be a starting shortstop on, you know, half the teams in the major league. So uh, 
Mm. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Um, I know they're trying him out in center field too. Uh, and I agree with your, your Will Wilson. I want to see how Will Wilson does. I thought when they pushed him to San Jose, uh, Sacramento last summer that he was ready for that. Uh, and then the, the Hamate thing unfortunately happened, but um, he's an interesting kid and he, he's got a lot of interesting traits on, on offense. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm really excited to to see Wise as well. Like every time I watch him, he seems like he's hitting the ball hard, like squaring yeah. balls up. So you know, I'm you know I'm still on the fence about how well he can hit, but based on what I see so far, I'm favoring more on towards believing the hit tool. So yeah, I I want to see how that progresses yeah. through the season. What is uh um what do you what do you think when you're when you're seeing Ramos this year? Do you think he's got a, a bounce back year in him? Do you think that the swing changes are are starting to actualize? Mm, I actually watched Ramos like for for a good bit in, in the first series against Salt Lake. I think Salt Lake. Yeah, Salt Lake. Yep, Salt Lake. Uh, I mean, he. He he had the highest exit velocity out of all the the Rivercats hitters across three games. Uh, but most of but most of that like only one was hit in the air. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he still has that opposite field approach, like the ground ball approach, the line drive approach. You know, we know we would hope that you know. What we saw in spring training translate like seamlessly into triple A, but I think we will have to, you know, we will have to give him some time to adapt and that 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 change in approach. I mean, when will we ever going to see it? I don't know. Hopefully, it will, but so far it's been more of the same old Ramos. Yeah. But with a much better performance, like the hits are actually going down, the batting average going up. You know, he's finding the places where he can put the ball in play. So yeah, I mean Ramos could have a better year this year, but the changes I don't know when it will show up. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, doing a running sort of average of his uh of his launch angle and it's, it's, it's so far i think it's five degrees so he's still kind of hitting the ball down into the ground uh still hits it hard because he's so darn strong um but you want to see him get it out in front okay before we go into richmond who's your who's your like under the radar player that you really are watching out for on the sacramento roster oh give me ryan Waller. Oh, <laughs> that's definitely the under the radar candidate so for me like when you when, we, we in his first in his first batter against Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis was clearly uncomfortable with him. Like, oh boy, where the where the ball is where the ball is going? Oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna swing it. Oh, there's slider. Oh my god, I struck out. <laughs> so that was the impression that gave me like, wow, if you know, if Ryan Walker can do it on a big league hitter of I mean, especially of Tatis's caliber, you know. Even with the uh, with, even with his you know, uh, history of you know some stuff, he's still a pretty good hitter. And yeah. <laughs> if Brian Walker, if Brian Walker can you know 
can make him uncomfortable? What more can other big league big league hitters? So hopefully he will he will get a chance to make his big league debut. No, I'm really really rooting for him. He's such a nasty pitcher. He's yeah. such a nasty pitcher. He's such a nasty stuff. I mean, his velocity even touched ninety seven. So yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for? What more can you ask for? Well, you totally stole my guy, Ryan, because I was going to say Ryan Walker, too. I'm a longtime fan of, of Ryan's. Um, he is just, I mean, tough looks is what it's all about in the majors. And he is a really, really tough look. Um, and as the velocity comes up, you know, he's he's even, you know, pretty tough look for left-handers. That was always kind of the thing that lefties got a pretty good view of him because he's coming in kind of roundhouse um, where right-handers were like heading for the dugout lefties could see him well but he's been a lot better against left-handers as the velocity comes up uh, but since you took my guy uh, I will say Michael Gigliotti uh, I got to watch a lot of Michael Gigliotti mm. last year really strong defensive player a lot of walks good speed on the bases he's aggressive he's fiery um he's the type of guy you can see kind of like fitting at the end of a bench on a on a good team and 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 helping him win in in subtle ways so uh i hope uh i hope michael has a has a strong year this year as well yeah right. i mean kind of like bryce johnson <laughs> kind of yeah absolutely um let's move down to richmond um which is yeah uh, richmond's been sort of the prospect backwater of the system for a while but uh even without uh, Luciano and Brown showing up on opening day. It's a pretty interesting roster. Uh, what jumps out to you about about the AA roster this year? You know what jumps out first to me? Two outfielders. <laughs> 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 Two outfielders. You know, I mean, they they have roster flexibility thanks to Brett Auerbach. Carter Aldretti can play corner outfield. Simon Whiteman can play center, but Man, man, that position position player group is going to be so, so, so slim <laughs> without Brown, Morris, and Luciano. I mean, the pitchers, I mean, the pitchers will have to do the heavy lifting early on. But boy, oh boy, they have a lot of pitchers to, to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 position players are going to be interesting because they they are going to move people around a lot. Whiteman can play center, like you said. Aldretti is going to be out there. Auerbach is out there. You're going to see Brandon Martirano out there. I talked to Dennis Pelfrey about that yesterday. He said, "Yep, we're going to get Martirano in left field to get him more uh, at bats." Um, you know, I, I, probably the top prospect on the on the team is Louis Matos, who's coming off a tough year in Eugene. Uh, but he gets the push anyway to double A uh, as a 21 year old. It's going to be a really difficult assignment. Uh, what do you, what do you look forward to in Mato's season? What do you hope for? What are you afraid of? Uh, how do you see things playing out for him in double A? I mean, for Matos to regain his value back, this is probably the worst environment that you so we will put him because Richmond is notoriously pitcher friendly and putting Matos there will definitely push his game to the limit. He will really, really have to, you know, uh, improve on his approach, his power, his, his battle skills. He has, to, he has to avoid expanding the strike zone. But yeah, I mean, who else do you have to push? Grant McCraig can't be pushed to Richmond right away. 
I mean, Bercado can't be pushed. Meckler, no. Carter Williams, maybe. Free, maybe. But, I mean, Luis Matos makes a lot of sense in Richmond to boost his stock. But it's going to be a very, very interesting challenge for him. Regain his value because, you know, uh, center fielders, they're really, really tough to find. And I think Matos can play center, like, long term. Oh, yeah. But So it's going to be very interesting how it will go because... You know, Richmond suppresses home runs. I mean, Sean Robbie doesn't. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Robbie's the exception. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting how Matos will play this year. They have set the team record for home runs each of the last two years. So uh, maybe maybe things have changed. They, they did bring the fences in a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I was watching him take batting practice yesterday. And and, and the scouts always say the thing about batting practice is you see what the A swing is supposed to look like. And boy, Louis Matos A swing really, really looks good. It's so fast for the zone. You know, he gets the knob of the bat through and it just snaps and he makes hard contact at every field. So, um, you know, like you say, it's, it's stay in the zone, look for pitches he can he can hunt and, and do damage. Uh, it's a special talent if if it all comes together. Um, you, you mentioned the pitching, the pitching. Uh, they've got, I think, seven starters on the team now with Roop still coming. Maybe there are eight starters. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of piggybacking going on there. Uh, seems to be all over the system now. Um, who are the arms that most that that you're most excited about watching here? I mean, first and foremost, it is definitely Mason Black. Like he was so good in both San Jose and Eugene last year. I mean, I mean, and it's also pretty interesting that you know coming into the spring, he has made a change in his delivery where he has a crossfire now. Like last year, he was more linear. Towards towards the mount or, yeah, but this year he's more crossfire. I mean, not really, not really Jared Weaver, but probably you can see Ryan Walker elements on it. He's going to be super super tough on righties now, especially he has a sweeper and mm-hmm. he has this, he still has the sub. I mean, I don't know if it will affect the velocity on his fastball, but it will be very very interesting how it plays out this year. I mean, there's also Ryan Murphy, who's finally fully healthy, coming back. He has a new color. He's working on command of his color. He's working on the command of everything. And there's also Nick Sweeney. Pretty surprised Nick Sweeney's here, but he's likely going to be a starter, more of a piggyback type, but he's going to be a starter also. And, I mean, this is, I mean, we can go go on and on. Carson Seymour, really, really good last year when he was acquired by the Giants. He has a premium stuff, but yeah, I mean, he's still working on control, and if he finds the control, he's going to be a big leaguer. And it's pretty funny to think that you know last year's strikeout king Kaiwei Tang is yeah. probably going to be a it's probably going to be like the seventh or eighth best starter out there in Richmond. So it's, you know, it's pretty deep when someone like that is going to be one of the biggie back stars. <laughs> Yeah, I I tried to get uh, Pelfrey to to give me a full rotation. He wasn't quite <laughs> offering that up. It's going to be a work in progress. I know Carson Seymour starting the first night. I know Nick Swack is starting this weekend, and Mason Black. Um, and Black's an interesting guy too because he's uh you know he was so good last year, but he's really experimented a lot with the slider uh, in his short pro career. I, I was talk I was at a start of his in camp, and I was talking with a scout who was watching him. He said, "Oh, he's changed his his slider shape." And uh, I said, you mean less, less sweep. 
right? More, more kind of downward movement. And he said, no, more sweep. And I'm like, really? Because when I saw him last year, it was almost pure sweep. And he's like, oh, when I saw him early in the year, it was almost pure down. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's been tinkering with that thing. And he's going to keep tinkering until he finds the perfect shape. Uh, but it's such a good pitch. Um, yeah, it's definitely a plus pitch. <laughs> like, and he also, I mean, I remember he also holds it pretty weird. It's kind of like a knuckle curve grip. So... I mean, I don't know if it's still the knuckle curve grip with the with the slider mechanics, but it's going to be very interesting. Mason Black. Yeah, I and the other guy I think uh, we shouldn't avoid talking about. It. It's going to have a really interesting year is Patrick Bailey. Um, mm. so I you know, I put this on Twitter that I I talked to him yesterday at Media Day, and he said he really wants to get back to being more hitterish this year and stop sort of. Uh, hunting home runs as much. He, he thought when he was, you know, coming out of college and and his first year in in pro ball in the alternate side, he was much more sort of a gap to gap to guy, an all around hitter. Um, and he felt like he got a little homer happy last year. So um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how you know if he goes back to being the hitter he was in college. Obviously, that would be a, a huge a huge step forward for for him and and the organization. Yeah, how much? Yeah. Uh, mm. Okay, who, who's yeah, your much who's... simpler swing? Or yeah. a much smoother stroke will be very, very beneficial for him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, who's your under the radar guy for the for the Richmond team? Who's going to captivate us this year? Mm, there's a lot of names, like very interesting names, mostly on the pitching side. But you know, I feel you're going to take Mungia, so <laughs> I'm going to take you know Raymond Burgos. <laughs> Raymond Burgos from Cleveland last year. So it's going to be in Richmond. And he has a very interesting stuff. You know, he throws uh, throws a, throws a good changeup, good slider. Fastball's probably going to be on the low to mid-90s, but it's a pretty, pretty good fastball. He can throw strikes. He strikes out. There's a good rate. He's just an overall good pitching prospect to have and he did a lot of good things last year for Cleveland and I hope that he can carry over that to Richmond and you know maybe get even better with this with the level of coaching that the Giants have on pitchers. Yeah, I was not going to say Mungia because I actually had him on my list of people I'm most excited to watch, and I, I forgot to mention him up there, so I, I need to circle back to him. Unbelievably, I was going to say Burgos, too. Um, really interesting <laughs> guy. Really interesting. Uh, and 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 I asked uh, Bailey like who really stood out to him in spring, and Burgos was one of the guys he mentioned. He's got some... He's tall and got some really funky angles on his pitches. He's got really good stuff. Uh, he th- was throwing a changeup in camp that nobody was coming close to. Uh, and he throws strikes. I-, I agree. I think he's a really interesting guy. Um, uh, I don't know. Is Munguia under the radar? Because if he is, then, yeah, he- he's my dude. Uh, I have always, you know, carried the banner for Ishmael Munguia. I think he's the most entertaining player in the system. Uh, he's obviously really excited about being back on the field. Uh, I talked with him yesterday, you know, he, he said last year was tough for him, uh, but he made it through with, with support and he is focused and calm and he is ready to get after it. And I think you're going to see him pick up right where he left off in, in Eugene two years ago. 
Um, and I still think the guy's a big leaguer. I just think he does so many things to help a team win. Uh, he's obviously getting on the older side now and he's lost two of the last three years. Um, but this is a kid who I think is not going to be denied uh, ultimately you know, before getting, getting to the top. Yeah, I mean, and he also has the game that is more suited right now, you know, with speed, contact, ball and play elements. The Giants, like, I mean, he might not be as electric as Von Brown, but his services can still be of need for the Giants in, like, within a year. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to watch him without smiling. That's that's just what, that's the Mungia experience. Um, there's some other interesting guys on here. I, I actually think Hayden Cantrell is a really interesting guy who they got from Miami last year, I think in the Luke Williams deal. Uh, he's a kind of an on-base guy, moves around the field a lot, not a lot of power, but he, he, he gets on base a lot. So he's somebody I'm watching for. Um, yeah, I'm uh, also excited, you know, with Eric Miller, you know, yeah. from the Phillies. The Phillies. You know, I yeah. don't know what he's, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. The Richmond because he hasn't pitched a lot last year. I mean, he pitched in Futures game, but pretty much that's about what I saw. I mean, there's a change up there that looks pretty good. I mean, he struggled to throw strikes, struggled to stay healthy. Hopefully, he stays healthy this year. And he was once a top pitching prospect for the Phillies. So let's see what he can do with the Giants. Okay, let's uh, to, uh, move it on down now to the two-time champion, uh, Eugene Emeralds, the only champions of the high-A Northwest League has ever had. Um, going for the three-peat, uh, and this is another pretty exciting group of talent. Um, uh, who are the guys you got your eyes on down there? I think it's it's pretty obvious who 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 is going to attract our attention in Eugene right now. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a who's who of players. I mean, if they go for a tribute, I mean, there's they still have a good chance of doing so. I mean, it's going to start with Arteaga, shortstop, and McRae at center field. We also got Sugaste, who push who was promoted to Eugene. He'll be the starting catcher. You know, pretty excited about Damon Deuce. Pretty excited about Wade Meckler as usual. Ricotto, pretty special bat for me. And there's still, you know, a lot of pitchers. I'm really interested about Carson Ragsdale because last year he had a thoracic outlet surgery, which was a pretty, pretty tough surgery to fully recover, but he looks like he is fully healthy. Like he's actually 100%, and I'm very excited what he can do. It's, it's like an X factor, you know. Of he, he can be very, very pivotal in the rotation, in the pen. However, they were going to use him. They're probably going to limit his innings because he's coming off a major, major surgery. So I'm very interested of what they will do with him. Also, Seth Lonsway, pretty good. Eric Silva, pretty good. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of former San Jose Giants here. So, you know, we get to talk to him. We get to talk to them. They made the playoffs last year. So they will likely make the playoffs this year. So who knows? Maybe they'll definitely go for a three-peat. And that and there is a lot of pretty good on hand. Um, I you know I think people are sleeping on Artiaga. He is a really really good prospect. Um, I, I I talked to a, a scout from a a pretty smart uh, team, not the Giants. Uh, who and I said, well, you know, what do you got in this guy? What do you? Get? He, he had a, a sixty future value on Artiaga. It's a really really high floor and a pretty 
pretty high ceiling. Um, you know, cut down on some of the swing, you know, make better swing decisions, but he can hit, he can have feel for hit. He's got surprising power. He looks bigger this year. Um, and he's just a tremendous defender. So I, I, I do think people should be talking about him kind of with more loudly than they, they do. Uh, obviously McCray is a, an electric talent and as you named it, there's, there's just talent all over the roster. I'm interested in dues as well. I, I think Barracoto is a really good hitter. Uh, Jared Dupree was looked great in camp. He was just making a lot of loud contact everywhere. Um, I'm also interested in, in seeing what Louis Toribio does with this, with a, a second chance at the level. I think we're going to see him play in third base this year. Uh, he, he looked thinner. He looked kind of heavy last year. He's, he's trimmer. He looks like he's moving around. Well, uh, the swing looks good. So I, I think it's a good chance he could have uh, a really big year too. Uh, and I'm excited to see that. And as you say, the, the pitcher to Ragsdale, I saw at camp too, and he actually was up to, throwing more than three innings, which was as long as uh, anybody I think I saw. I mean, most of the guys were just getting to three innings. So his last start, he went three and a third. Uh, so he stretched out as about as good as anybody in the camp. And and he's got tremendous stuff. Um, he's got he's got some of the best stuff in the system. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm also, I'm yeah. also pretty interested because the lineup, you know, I, I was writing about, you know, the Eugene preview also on Giants Baseball Insider. And there's actually a possibility that they can field nine left-handed bats in the lineup. So that's going to be pretty interesting how it will go because they have in they have platoon flexibility also with the outfielders that they have, with you know, with Max Wright being a right being a lefty, uh Corey Santos switch hitter can bat lefty, Logan Wyatt, you know. Who, you know, who can walk a lot, but we still don't know what we what we have with Logan Wyatt. Hopefully, this is the year. Maybe not. Hopefully, this is the year. So, very very interested with the lineup so far. Yeah, I, when I did my top fifty this year, I I kind of noticed that one of the one of the weaker parts of the system is there aren't a ton of left handed bats. Uh, in the giant system right now. And you're right. I'm like, they're all on Eugene's roster. Like the guys who, who hit left-handed, they're mostly here. Uh, so they, they can run a, a lot of left-handed out there. What, you know, what do you think of Wyatt? He's, he's been injured most of the last year and a half. Uh, he obviously won a huge, huge walk totals. He's a big guy. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, but we have not seen much hit this, uh, thus far in his career. Uh, is this the year he breaks out? I mean, probably Kevin. You know, Kevin of Giants Twitter is going to be <laughs> the highest guy on Wyatt. I mean, I was I was pretty excited to have Wyatt, you know, when he was drafted. But fortunately, the power did not come to fruition so far. I mean, he's still a very, very good walks guy. And, you know, even if you fail at hitting, even if you fail at defense, even if you fail at everything else, if you can get on base, there he there's always value with that. And you know, I've always remembered Haven Smith from not so far ago. He was struggle he was like a very, very good on base guy, but struggled very struggled in the minors. But look at him now in the majors doing very well. 
with the Diamondbacks. I, I still think there's like tiny bit chance that why it can be can be like that, but you know, we need to see more production from him. And I think this is the perfect mo. This is the perfect time for him to you know break out because even though Eugene has a lot of good names in their roster, they still need that one spark in the lineup. And I think why it can be that guy this year. You know, it's tough for first baseman. You really have to hit if you're going to be a first baseman. Um, you know, uh, Pavin Smith maybe not a great comp since he hit had a put up an 87 uh, weighted runs created plus last year and is is now back in AAA. Uh, <laughs> you you do have to hit. Uh, okay, I think we've named every single person on this roster. But are there any under the radar guys? I'm I'm looking around here. I, I, I'll name one. I I really like Ben Madison. Uh, coming back from Tommy mm, John surgery, really guy. good power stuff. Uh, and a and a great slider. Uh, if he throws strikes, he's he's going to be a tough one to handle. Who you got? I mean, I mean, we already discussed about him. It's it's probably Dupree, you know. Oh, I don't care. I don't really care if he strikes out forty percent of the time. In sixty percent of the time, he's going to hit the ball hard. Like he really squares pitches up. Like one ten max veal, one ten max exit velocity at times, and he often. You know, he, he often squares it up. Even though it's pull side, all like most of the time it's pull side, but it's hard contact and you know, his defense is pretty bad. I'm 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 not going to, you know, I'm going I'm not going to put some rose colored glasses on him. So yeah, it's pretty bad on defense, probably DH only, but there's value in his power and I really, really like his power potential here. Yeah, he hits the ball super hard. He hit a ball over the batter's eye in center field that I think almost took out my rental car last year in San Jose. Um, I also like <laughs> Carter Williams. He's an older player, but he finds a way to get the bat on the ball all the time. And I, I know he's been working hard this winter to try and get a little more loft into his swing. Um, he's a good hitter. You know, if he, he adds more power pro- pro- to his profile. Uh, he's He's an interesting guy, too. All right, let's move down to the final spot, the lowest level, San Jose. San Jose has been sort of like the sparkling jewel of uh, Giants prospectum the last uh, few years. I don't think that's quite as true this year. Um, it's it's not quite the big names uh, like it has been. But uh, as you look at the, the low A roster that starts tonight, uh, who's jumping out at you? Who's catching your eye? I mean, it all starts pitching with San Jose, with San Hunt. Um, Liam Simon, fifth rounder, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, really good for me in my eyes. William Kempner, pretty good, pretty nasty. Uh, Birdsong, also, I mean, that's automatically four stars that I already named. Also, excited about Oni Perez, you know. You know, I was really, really, I was actually very, you know, um, not really looking into his game of earlier parts of the offseason, but as the months roll along and as I start to compile my prospects I mean he's really really grown into me like he's a he's a really good he's a really good prospect you know he has he has power yes he, he can hit he can defend he has like the leadership skills that you want for a catcher so yeah I mean it's probably going to be I don't really expect him to be better than Sagaste had 
last year in Sensei, but I think it's going to be pretty close. And pitchers are going, definitely going to like throwing to O'Neill. So it's only going to be a positive on the pitching staff. That's already the strength of team. Yeah, I love O'Neill Perez. I know the Giants internally love him. I know other teams uh, are on him. He's a guy who I know has come up in trade talks, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up in future trade talks. People really like this kid. He's very athletic behind the plate. Um, the offense obviously hasn't been eye-popping, but it, he he makes a lot of contact. He makes good swing decisions. Um, I think there's a leap forward for him if he can – you know, just get stronger in his offensive profile. Um, but behind the plate, he is a really, really good defender. He works well with pitchers, um, high energy level. Uh, there's just kind of nothing not to like about O'Neill Perez. I, you know, I'm also interested to see what Suarez can do with a second chance here. I, he, he had sort of a difficult first half last year, but he was a much improved player. Uh, in the second half of, of last season, he's a guy with some of the loudest tools in the system. You know, when if when PJ Hilson joins the club, which you know he's another guy who will be coming along later this spring. Uh, you know, that's a pretty darn toolsy outfield between those two because Suarez has tremendous power, a lot of speed, outstanding defender. Um, I just you know if he he keeps you know builds on the the, the strengths he made, uh, the growth he made last summer. Uh, he could be a really interesting guy to watch uh, this year as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm also pretty excited about Jacob Velasquez as well. Second time, can I say he's made a lot of contact last year, also a lot of chase. Hopefully that chase is going to be suppressed this year. It's going to be more of a good contact in the zone while laying off pitches out of the zone. Hopefully there's more power in him. What do you think about the power potential within Raj? I mean, you, I know you saw him in Arizona. Yeah, and I know the, the Giants really like him. Uh, Velasquez is, you know, he's in one in a system that is a wash in strikeouts. He's a guy who makes contact from both sides of the plate with everything. You just really rarely see him swing and miss, um, and he he makes pretty good decisions too. Uh, I also thought he he looked like he was moving better this year, maybe a little in better shape. Um, so I think he looks a little more athletic this year. It's going to be a hard assignment, you know, for him as a 19 year old. He has the last couple of years pounded a lot of balls into the ground just because he's just not strong enough. Uh, but that's a big primary focus for Pete Patilla is is making people as sort of physically ready to play as they can be. If you get more strength on him. I think he's a really interesting bat and I've been saying that for a couple of years and he hasn't really shown it. Um, but this guy can be a really good hitter if he just gets stronger. He's got all the tools in place um, to be a guy who makes quality contact a lot uh, from the middle infield position, which is, which is a pretty valuable guy to have. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting prospect coming into the season. Do you have any? Do you have any under the radar guys on this team? It's it's an interesting team because it's it it mostly skews older. Obviously, last year's draft was very college heavy, and almost all those guys are on there. Um, so you kind of don't know which college guys are going to assert themselves against low A uh, low A levels. But who are some of the under the radar guys you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I don't know if you're go. I'm going to steal your guy once. No, again, no, but... you can't say Garomi Maldonado. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strike that for you. You can't say him. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. Actually, I'm not going to say him. I'm actually going to go with Zach Morgan, okay. the catcher taken last year. Like he in spring trading, he's shown surprising pop, and the hitting data looks very good. In spring training, he can hit. He can work the count. He doesn't chase. He doesn't, you know, he's a very good contact guy and also very patient. And he's, he's shown surprising pop. And he can play catcher at a good rate. So him and O'Neill Perez actually is going to be a pretty, pretty interesting, you know, conversation to have on whether you give majority time to O'Neill or... You play Zach and O'Neill timeshare 50%. So it's going to be a very interesting competition to have in San Jose, actually, for me. Yeah, Morgan's a little older. He turned 23 actually last week. Um, but his numbers at Fresno State last year were really extraordinary. In Fresno State, they play a good level of competition. Um, uh, let me just look this up as I'm on the fly. Um 1,046 ops last year at Fresno State, uh, hit 381 with more walks and strikeouts. So that is definitely the kind of hitter the Giants value. He's definitely a guy who could step forward um, against low-level competition. Um, another guy who caught my eye in camp, and I know uh, you have your eye on, uh, so I'll let you talk about him, is, is Dylan Cumming, who is an undrafted free agent uh, out of uh, Liberty University. Big slider guy, Nasty. one of a, one of many Nasty. many slider slider dudes in this system. Nasty, super nasty. That's all I can say about him. It's very nasty. It's big sweep, big sweep, and uh, you know the the, the fastball's fringy, but the slider uh, it really works. Um, okay, I, I do want to talk about Garomi Maldonado. Um, it, it, I knew this, you were going to talk this about him. Is a kid who has an electric arm. I mean, it is a big, big arm. I think he's probably going to be throwing triple-digit heat um, by the time he's 20, 21, uh, and hold it over several innings. Uh, the the com- the control, I won't even use the word command word, the control is not there right now. The consistency, the repeatability, these are all works in progress. And Frankly, he should be a guy going to short season ball, but short season ball doesn't exist anymore. So they're going to push him. They're going to challenge him. And it's probably going to be a struggle for him. But this may be the highest upside arm in the in the system right now. Um, it is a big fastball and a nasty, nasty slider uh, when he gets it to break. Um, we'll, we'll see what the results look like. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a two-year assignment for him, just like it is with Manuel Mercedes, but it's an arm to get excited about. You think it's going to have a higher ceiling than Mercedes or, you know, like kind of similar terms of, you know, potential? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about Mercedes, um, so he, you could describe him a lot of the same ways two years ago in the complex. Uh, I saw him, he was throwing about 97, 98 then. The next year, so last year when they sent him to San Jose, they changed him to a two-seamer guy. Um, I assume to try and get a little more. Well, I mean, the Giants like their two-seamer guys. Obviously, that's something they do up and down the system. Um, 
it did not give him more control. Um, it did bring his velo down, uh, but he, he's, he was, he was throwing like 93, 94 with just a ton of run and sink. Um, we know with Logan Webb that that's something that can work, uh, but I don't think they're going to go back to the four seam up in the zone. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, pushing the 9,900, which I think, I think Malnado could do that. If he can, get the command to where he can start. I think he's a guy who could be going out there chunking it, you know, Hunter Green style, throwing 99, you know, in the fourth or fifth inning of games. He really kind of has that body and that and that arm speed. So they've turned into different pitchers because now Mercedes is a is a is a sinker slider guy and Maldonado is a four seam slider guy. Um, you know, we'll see which way they go with that. And I, I have a feeling Mercedes may end up being more of a reliever too. So uh, I'll be really interested to see what kind of their roles are this year. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting pitching staff. A lot of heat, but also, you know, with not, not a lot of heat, but, you know, <laughs> he can get you. He can really get you. Well, it's going to be a fun year. Um, it starts, we're recording this on Thursday. I'll see if I get this up today. It'll start tonight in San Jose. Sacramento is already going. Eugene and, and Richmond will start tomorrow. Uh, as always, it's going to be an exciting year. Renzi, uh, what are you working on? Tell people where they can find your stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to work on, you know, weekly prospect recaps as well as, you know, weekly, hopefully weekly articles, but I don't know about that. But yeah, it's most of my stuff is going to be on Giants Baseball Insider, Sports Illustrated. Uh, me, Mark, Natasha, Aya, Tavia, JD, Sean, Pat, and OG will be giving you a lot of guys content. Yo, shout out to every yo, shout out to Giants Baseball Insider. <laughs> I I really listed your names. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Catch my stuff there. Catch my stuff on Twitter, Giant Perspective. Going to be tweeting a lot of prospects this year. Hopefully I'm going to, you know, hopefully going to update my prospect rankings at the end of the month. That's going to be on my Patreon. So, yeah, I'm going to talk a lot about, you know, preference there. Some, you know, other personal stuff that I don't usually write about in terms of Giants prospects. So, yeah, I'm going to be there in Patreon, Giants Baseball Insider, Twitter. So, yeah, it's been it's a, a very, very good while, Raj. It's it's always great stuff, Renzi. I, I, lo- I love reading your stuff and looking for your stuff on Twitter. Uh, of course, uh, people can also read all my stuff uh, pretty much every day um following the system at their giants.com i'll be at the richmond home opener uh tomorrow night and we'll have a lot of good stuff coming from there uh so it's a good time to be a subscriber because it's a new season and it's going to be a great one thanks Renji. thanks for coming and thanks for listening everybody